Robert Crash Craddock is the Chief Sports Writer from the Courier Mail. He joins us each and every Monday and he's with us now. Crash. Morning, lads. Always love Grand Final Week. It's, uh, it's just got its own delights, hasn't it? But a curious feeling with no Queensland presence. You know, we thought we had a sniff, didn't we, with the Cowboys? But uh, it'll be a big night. Yeah, we certainly did, and that was a little bit unfortunate. Well, it was awful, uh, yeah. uh, the forward pass. But as we were talking earlier in the morning, it uh, did it really matter? Obviously, it mattered at the time, but Cowboys hit the front later in the game. Well, that's the thing, Jared, wasn't it? If you eight points clear with 20 minutes to go and the best record out of any team in the competition over the last 20 minutes, that's, that's what they had built up this season on their home ground with a packed house in stifling humidity against a team not used to it, there's just, you run out of excuses, don't you? You, you take that and run. You just think, hey, so I, I still can't believe they lost that game in a way. No. You know, I just, no, no, it just, you, you've just never seen, you get a feeling about them this year, the momentum and everything, but something just, just fell to seed. A few guys didn't mark up in defence. The big boys went through them and, and that, and so a season vanished before their eyes. Rash, uh, you always kick off with your underrated and overrated from the weekend of sport when you join us. So why don't we get to the underrated? Underrated? Oh, look, I have to say Mitchell Moses, the Parramatta playmaker, for him to be on a video call to his wife, have, giving birth to their first child four hours before in Townsville, he clearly wasn't quite himself. He kicked a couple of balls out on the full. But I just feel for the length of his career, Mitchell Moses, you know, for West Tigers and also the Eels, geez, cop some. He, you know, he seems to, to, to cop that playmaker's curse of everything comes back to him and the age. He's really been heavily scrutinised, criticised. He's uh, Ben Elias's nephew, of course, Ben's sister. Uh, you know, she's Mitchell's mum. And I just think he's, he, he stands up to it pretty darn well. And also the North Devils, uh, to lose their coach, Rowan Smith, after five Ginos, who were just beaten on the weekend for a famous piece of silverware in England. But, uh, and to win seven in a row and win the Premiership, they're a really well-run club. Uh, a former Courier Mail editor, Michael Crutcher's president of the club, and just, uh, like, he ground announcers down there. He, he, he contributes to the club in every way and I just thought to win the Host Plus Cup two years in a row when you lose your coach in the early rounds was quite a su supreme effort over the weekend. Of course they beat the Dolphins on Saturday afternoon. Good match that wasn't it? It was and uh, you know plenty of but Tyson Gamble just uh, the way he throws himself into the fray you know, in the, the previous week, he was the first guy in the car park lobbing for the game. And, I mean, this is a level down to what he was used to playing for the Broncos. And it's that sort of fibre that makes the game what it is. And the Host Plus Cup is, you know, such a great competition over the years. And I love the way it just dots all the way up the coast. Mackay, Rockhampton, Townsville, Cairns. And it just gives so much to the local communities. And that's why I can really understand the push not to change it because these guys can the region and be mini stars. They can earn 20, 20 grand or so and, and have a job as well. It's, it's sure it's going back in time, but it's a very, it hits a real sweet spot in the market. And it's Did a you... very good competition, very good standard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, you, oh, so many lines, Daily Cherry Evans, 
well, a lot of these guys just trace back to there and, and were were stars in their own right in, in the in the form of the Host Plus Cup. Did you have a view on Saturday v Sunday? I know there were various reasons why it wasn't on yesterday, but uh, which would you prefer? Oh, I, I, I didn't like its clash with the AFL Grand Final, strangely enough, because I would just be doing everything to get out of the way of the AFL or the NRL Grand Final. You know, it's just... Um, you know, it, it's it's the event that even if you haven't got a team in the AFL Grand Final, you tend to watch. Mm. I would have been getting out of the way of that and probably having it yesterday. Yeah. Who are your overrated, Crasher? Overrated is this push to have, on the strength of one poor television ratings, which the Geelong Sydney game was, to move the time slot of the AFL Grand Final or at night. I just think, you know. Can't, isn't it as simple as this? It was a lopsided game, a team leading by 35 points at quarter time. Your neutral fan, on a beautiful day, switches off and goes outside. I mean, that, that affects the television ratings. I mean, had, had it been a thriller, as most of the finals have been, I'm sure they'd have, they'd have put an extra 800,000 or so on it, and the eyeballs, because it showed at the start of the game, plenty of people were watching. So... It's just, we have this debate every year in the AFL. They have these little things they debate, like, should Port Adelaide be able to wear jerseys when they play Collingwood? Oh, my goodness. And the other ones, uh, move the AFL grand final. Just leave it where it is. That's what I say. Yeah, you, well, you can do all sorts of things with numbers, as you know, Crash. But what... what it, it, and it's always in, in the finer point of the detail, but what the, how many pubs and clubs had hundreds and hundreds of people turn up this year. So that's just one box as yep. opposed to the last two or three years when nobody could go to any of those and, and you know, they were counting the boxes at home. Oh, exactly. And Melbourne was in lockdown last year. So what do you do in lockdown if you can't get telly on? Doesn't mean that you watch it every minute. You know, you might be going, uh, having the little Barbie out the front. But when you got, of course, the numbers were supercharged last year. But the numbers were about the same as when GWS got trounced in the final a few years ago. And that's that's fine. But I, I, I just think that change the time. It just works that time slot. Robbie Williams is the pre-match entertainment in daylight I thought was terrific. And uh, it's just a nice tradition. You have your lunch and you get ready for it and you sit there. And there's that, that lovely feeling, Jared, that as the sun just starts to set, it almost symbolises the end of the AFL season. The shadows get a bit longer. The MCG gets that little bit darker. You can feel the night taking over from day. It's just a, I love the symmetry of it all. It just sort of works well. Crash, we have the NRL Grand Final this weekend. Who are you, who are you like? Well, Jared, you've got a, a big gap in the market between them, haven't you? Uh, uh, what have you got uh, Penrith at now? Is it $1.30? $1.38 and 310 or something like that. So the moves already with Penrith, they were $1.40 when the market went up on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I tell you what, call for arms from Parramatta supporters to swap the stadium and... You know, everybody knows a long-suffering Parramatta fan, don't they? Like, my the embodiment for me is Trevor Barsby, the former Queensland opener. He loves them, you know, lives through the eels. And and uh, since 1986, their last premiership, everyone, Parramatta fan, has been totally bewildered why they haven't won one since then. So the para-army are up and about. I do give them a chance, having beaten Penrith twice this season. And I think they with... 
four or five players leaving the club at the end of the season, Para. They've got this sense of, right, Queensland in the last State of Origin game at Suncorp Stadium, boys, we're just going to put our bodies on the line here and go ballistic. And this is our last chance together, our last song, our last hurrah, and here we go. So I, I, this will be a very, very special game, I reckon. And chipping? I'm going to tip an upset. I'm going to tip Para. I just think that that uh, every now and then just a, a sense of destiny consumes a team and they have their little sneaky escape in, in one of the early in the finals. And, and I thought the cows were all over them. But when I saw them fight back in the sweltering humidity, within, I thought there's something about this team. Sure, it won't be easy, but if they can find a way to contain Cleary, and some teams do, you know, he can have an off night, um, I, I think they can win. Crash, uh, last week you spoke to us about the uh, the relationship between Ben Eichen and Kevin Walters being a little bit prickly. Has that sort of eased itself now? Are they back to uh, yeah, where, the, where they should be on the same page? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I know they're looking at, to redefine Ben Eichen's role within the organisation, but, gee, there's a lot of pressure on both of them, really. And, and good fellas, you know, both very well respected. Ben Eichen effectively sort of frozen out of things for the past year that cannot continue. Like, he has to... His import has to count in that organisation. And, and I get all the old boys saying that uh, Kev has to run the show because his head is on the line. That's fair enough, too. But if you ignore Icon, is not simply his acumen as an administrator, but, you know, he was a former test player, a state of origin player, the, the youngest state of origin player. Like, he, he, he can... He knows the shape of a team. He knows what success look like. He was in the uh, successful premiership team, Kevin Walters, in the halves. So it, it's, uh, they will make it, they, they will be, I guess, not so much forced together, but urged to work together. And time will tell whether they can overcome this very public split because it does add a layer of pressure, Paul, doesn't it? When, every, when it's in, on the back page between the two of you. I mean, every time you're in a coffee shop together, you turn heads, don't you? People say, oh, that's the two that don't get along. So, yeah, it adds a lot of pressure, but it has to work for the Broncos to go anywhere because with the Dolphins emerging next season, there's a lot of heavy negotiations coming up. The Dolphins won't rock those play, playing ranks, but they'll pick the eyes. They'll, they'll go hard at some guys, and that puts a lot of pressure on. It certainly does. Well, one side that doesn't have any pressure on them at the moment is Geelong. What what can the world learn from what we saw of them this season and, more importantly, on Saturday? Oh, I think they're incurred. It, it, it proves that when you're a top club, you don't have to rebuild. You can renovate. They've been at the top for more than a decade. Sure, they don't win it every year, but they're anchored in that top eight, normally in the top four, by getting good senior players. Like, everyone talks about Drail. Oh, we're getting this 18-year-old kid who's supposed to be the next best since so-and-so. That's fine, but give me a better group of senior players any day, uh, any day of the week. Tom Hawkins, Joel Selwood, guys like that. You know, Gary Rowan, um, all these guys that have just passed for a long time and, and just dictate culture at a club. Chris Scott, great coach. But I just think they, um, they've they proved that you, if you do your recruiting well enough, like the Geelong team were the, were the oldest team to win a premiership, but they also had a sprinkling of kids. Mate, they're going the next two or three years. They've got some really nice players coming through the ranks. 
I'm interested in Joel Selwood, their captain. He cried when he kicked his last goal. Jerry, did you interpret that as goodbye? I, I, I did. sort of thought it might have been. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. But well, we had Timmy Hodges on earlier. Seemed to think that might not be the case. He said he's got you know another year or two ahead of him. But I guess when you get to that stage, Crash, what, what more can you achieve apart from the love of the game? Yeah, it, it's... Although I, I do think that the... The old uh, fairy tale finish sometimes rated. Some guys just like playing the game. Like he's got with four premierships, no more than any other cat has ever achieved. Maybe he just thinks, you know what? I love playing this game. I'll play one more season and sort of help the young players come through. Like now he's playing yeah. for fun. I mean, he'll always be a four-time premiership player. Yeah, I, I, it did look with his parents crying in the grandstand. It just looked so emotive, didn't it? But maybe the perfect sign-off is maybe that's a bit yesteryear. Like Luke Hodge, didn't he? Left left Hawthorne and came up here, and players just sort of play on now, don't they? Until they're tapped well, you're and a long gone. Time oh, you really long are. Time. Yeah, yeah, and and it's the sort of club that could carry him for another year. Not not so much carry, but but it would be a soft landing. I mean, right here, right now, Geelong, you'd tip them to finish top. Five or six next year, maybe a year. But it's not as if he's chugging it up for team number 15 on the ladder, is it? And getting bashed every week. Like, he can have a... It can be a graceful exit with this wonderful club. And, uh, gosh, what they... The joy that they give their fans over the years. My wife, Elise, is mad along. And the amount of... Over the last 15 years where they've won by four points, six points, eight points. But they just... They just give you such great bang for your buck. Crash, uh, Swans, uh, they were dreadful on on the weekend. Were you surprised that Buddy Franklin announced Monday night of last week that he'd be playing on for one more season? Yeah, I week for a more definitive verdict. Um, <laughs> because if they'd had of won, what a beautiful way to bow out. And if they had have lost, maybe he would have made a different decision. But he's a fascinating study, isn't he, Buddy Franklin? Just what he's got left. I spoke to others, the Swans in Sydney last night, and I said, would you have paid 550000 for Buddy next year, which is apparently what he's getting? And he said to me, mate, yes. He said he's not the player he was, but he said he scored, he kicked about 50 goals this year, which is solid, fair. And he said in the right system, he can continue to be a force. He's still a, a powerful marketing tool for the club. And he said, even if he is fading, he actually generates publicity for the club by having the discussion which we're having at the moment. We're in Brisbane. He's got nothing really fascinated about his future, Jared. Yeah, well, he had a shocker Saturday, but so did 20 of his mates. And he, yeah, he has had a pretty all good year. The, the system got him, didn't it, Saturday? He just couldn't get any ball. He went looking for it down the ground. But I, I just... <sighs> One, one quote got me, Paul, a month ago, Lee Matthews said, Buddy's starting to look like an old player. And, you know, Lee's such a good judge. He really is. Crash, we lost, when I say we, Australia lost the T20 uh, series in India overnight, two games to one. But we did unearth uh, a new top of the order. Cameron Green was sensational. And Tim David, who we've seen playing in various leagues around the world, is now playing for Australia, and he was very good as well. Oh, yeah. Look, let's just keep saying it. Cameron Green is Australia's next superstar. 
and one of the best players to develop for Australia this century, like in the last 20 years, players to develop since Shane Warne. Honestly, 50 off 20 balls at the top of the order, clearing his leg, belting sixes, you know, it, it's just this kid. And then coming out with the ball, three overs for 14, when everyone else is going for 10 and over, man, oh, man, he, he really is. And this. He's the tallest batsman ever to play for Australia and swings his bat like a windmill and has got that extra um, foot space when he moves forward or back. You know, he, he's just those big, long legs and the long levers. Bowlers really fear him, and I know he's really rattled the Indians. And, and I'll give Greg Chappell a rap, you know. Like, Greg Chappell was two years ahead of Cam Green. He said, here's your next batting star. He said that was Steve Smith. He said, when no one else said David Warner would be a test player, he said, I'm telling you, Warner, don't forget this T20 stuff. He will be a top test player. And he also predicted he'd be a great honour roll for discovering talent. But Tim David's interesting, this guy, West Australia born, still hasn't played a first-class game and probably won't. Just this massive hitter of the ball down the ground. When Bhuvaneshwar Kuma couldn't get his Yorker right. He just hit him for, fearlessly for two. He hit around Jasprit Bumrah, who's one of the best bowlers in the world. And uh, he'll be in the World Cup squad. But here's the thing. Cameron Green is not in the World Cup squad. He is opening because David Warner's not in India. So, man, oh, man, the World Cup's in Australia next month. They might get him in if Mitchell Marsh or Marcus Stornis don't make the squad through injury, but that concerns me greatly, Paul. Oh, Crash, it's when you see things like that, you've got to ask the selectors, you know, what were you thinking or why weren't you thinking that way? As we know, though, if someone gets injured, you've got to think he's going to be the next cab off the rink. Well, he could win you the whole darn thing. He's on a hot streak now, and he's he's got that lovely temperament. And there's one thing I love about his career, Paul, when he came into Test cricket, he did not steal the limelight. It was a steady, low, deliberate build. Like he was, he still hasn't scored a Test century, and and he he took a long while to get a wicket. Remember that when a full season. And that then he then the... he apologised for uh, for overacting when he took the uh, uh, too exuberant uh, exuberant celebration, and he hardly did anything. He smiled exactly, and. That was the best thing for him, that he was allowed to grow for a season before the spotlight was really on him. But he is some player, and I love his temperament where, you know, he's, as you say, Paul, your spotlight, he's so unassuming. He spends a lot of time looking at the ground, and <laughs> which is very unusual star. But, and, and one last thing, he could be one of the best gully fieldsmen we've ever had with a wingspan like a jumbo jet. It's incredible. He saves 20 runs and innings. Crash, unfortunately, we are out of time. It's always such a great pleasure to chat to you. We'll catch up with you Monday of next week and do it all again. Thanks, Crash. Can't wait.